Welcome to the Rebel Babe Cave, where we chat with amazing women within the worlds of sports, fitness, wellness, and business who aren't afraid to keep it real. Every week, we talk careers, relationships, and most importantly, the practice of self-care. Uncensored and unapologetic, you'll walk away from every episode with real-life takeaways and advice. No BS or fluff. I'm your host, Crystal Rose, and I'm so glad you're here. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Rebel Babe Cave. I am so excited for today's episode. It is a super long one, but it is so juicy. It's so good. I am so excited. So I am not going to talk too much, but for those of you who do not know what Rebellia is, I've decided I'm going to tell you. So Rebellia is my company. It's an online boutique for chicks with muscles and curves. Because several years ago, I got into fitness and my body changed. Like I was doing all these movements and I was getting all these muscles and, you know, my waist got smaller, my butt got bigger. And I ended up in a dressing room in tears. And for the first time, it wasn't because I wanted to lose weight or I was mad at my body. I was mad at the clothing industry. I was mad that I had spent two hours and I had $300 in gift cards and did not leave with a single thing because nothing fit right. All of the bottoms were too big on my waist, but then I could barely get them up over my butt or my thighs. There were dresses that were too tight on my lats or my shoulders and tops that I just felt like I was going to hulk out of. And so I just felt like we deserve so much better. I knew I couldn't be the only woman having this issue. So I set out to create a solution. And over time, we finally, finally, finally have gotten to the model that we're operating today, which is a boutique called Rebellia. All of our clothes are hand measured. So we have the most accurate size charts possible. We include measurements like bicep and torso length, just little things to help you make sure that you're getting the best fit possible. It used to be that fit girls could only wear leggings all day, every day. And when you wanted to dress up, it was a huge hassle or you got nervous ordering online, or you pretty much could only wear a bodycon. That's not true anymore. We have taken care of that for you. Come check us out at rebelliaclothing.com. That's R-E-B-E-L-L-I-A clothing.com. And we will hook you up. Okay, guys. So my guest today, LCK, aka Lori Christine King, graduated from Illinois State with a bachelor's in food, nutrition, and dietetics, and has been in the nutrition and fitness coaching space for 12 plus years. She was diagnosed hypothyroid in her late high school years, leading her to pursue a higher education to not only turn around her own health, but help others in her position to never be in her position. LCK has written hundreds of educational blogs, multiple eBooks, launched numerous nutrition programs, been on live TV, and one of her proudest accomplishments has been founding the amazing community that is Paragon Training Methods. She is effectively helping women everywhere be unapologetically strong, 
well-fed, and more badass. LCK, aka Lori Christine King, welcome to the Rebel Babe Cave. Thanks, lady. How's it going? <laughs> Super excited to have you here. We've been talking forever <laughs> already this morning, and I'm really excited to get rolling on the podcast. <laughs> so we normally start out with kind of like a little initiation thing, and it's called goals, gratitude, and badassery. So I want to know what your current goals are right now, what you're grateful for, and something you've done recently that is pretty badass or that you're just really proud of. I love those. So right now, I would say with my goals, I would say for my personal self right now, just trying to find a balance with my work-life scenario, because especially when you run all virtual products, like for me, I have a big following on social media. I'm putting out YouTube content. We have a really big program called Paragon Training Methods. You know, We have thousands of members around the globe. So it's like, Finding that balance of like, oh, hey, I need to turn my phone off. Oh, hey, I need to get off the internet. Hey, I need to get off social media. It's kind of always this ebb and flow. And so, of course, when we're in a self-quarantine, we're home. Well, what do you do? Like, it's more encouraging to just like sit and scroll your phone, right? So I would say personally, that's kind of a big goal that I'm working on right now is just continuing to establish good boundaries for myself in that manner and stuff like that. In terms of professional goals and work stuff, really just growing our online platform and just getting more women to get on our vibe with Paragon Training Methods. Like our biggest priorities are just helping show women that they don't have to kill themselves in the gym to you know look good and feel good. And so just continuing to expand that megaphone and continuing to take people to church, right? Because there's just so much misinformation about how much food women should be eating. And I feel like every day it's like, oh, how much cardio do you do? And I'm like, uh, zero. <laughs> like you don't have to do cardio to look a certain way, right? Um, so it's continuing to just bring people to church and really show them that food and exercise should provide freedom and peace of mind rather than all the things that I feel like people struggle with, which is just, you know, restricting themselves or spending countless hours in the gym doing workouts they hate and stuff like that. Um, so those are kind of my professional goals right now is just continuing to grow that as well as this past year, I've really gotten into YouTube content. I feel like blogging and social media and writing content's all cool, but I really have enjoyed stepping up and getting behind camera and being able to really just show my personality and bring flavor and fun and comedy to like a topic that may or may not be super exciting or, you know, stuff like that. So especially YouTube and video content has kind of been on my list things I'm grateful for or kind of showing gratitude for, I would just say, and this will probably be a surprising answer, but there's so much bad going on with quarantine and all of this stuff you know, related to the pandemic. But I feel like it has provided such an amazing opportunity for me to step up and get out of my comfort zone and really just step up and serve more people that maybe I might not have reached before. And so to kind of get back to your last question of what badass things have you done, we actually have had four products launches during this quarantine. And so <laughs> the first one to kind of get the play by play, when things started to shut down, and we suddenly had all these people where it's like, Oh, I can't go to the gym and work out anymore. I'm trying to work out from home. Maybe I have some equipment, maybe I don't. One of the first things that my business partner and I Brian did was we went, Oh, there's a really big need right now, right here in this moment, 
where people just need workouts. We don't know what's going to happen, right? So how do we quickly fill this void of helping pull together workouts for people that even if they've got minimal equipment, maybe they just have body weight, like they can still work out and just live life normally. And so we pulled together, it was a 30 day download that we got out to 6,500 people. And so we literally (laughs) just put it up as a free download on my website. Hey guys, we understand you need this thing. Here you go. Cheers. Right. So that that was kind of badass step number one. And that's something I'm super proud of because again, when things are going wrong in the world to give people that peace of mind and just like step up and serve them, that's really cool. And so the next part was, oh, okay, well this home gym workout, working out in my living room thing, maybe that's not going away. Okay. And so we came out with a progressive overload and hypertrophy program. And so that's mumbo jumbo to people. It's a muscle building program. And so normally when we think of those style of programs, we think of needing to be in a gym, we think of needing a bunch of equipment. And so we got really busy on, okay, well, let's say this quarantine thing lasts six months. How do we help people still work towards their goals still have a sense of normalcy. Like for me personally, I bodybuild and lift. I want to hit PRs. I want to continue getting stronger. I want to continue forging a better and better and stronger looking physique. You're not going to see me doing conditioning workouts. You're not going to see me doing jumping plyo squats and burpees in my living room. Like go fuck off. (laughs) Like like, I'm not here for that, you know? And so we pulled together this program where you really only needed two to three pairs of dumbbells, but with the way that we structured things, you could still progress week to week. You could still get stronger, even though you you were working out from home. And so that program, same thing. We were seeing a lot of CrossFit gyms where it was like, oh, we'll just program like bodyweight hero wads. Or again, you would be like 20 minutes of burpees and air squats and push-ups. Like that's bullshit, right? And so it's been super cool because again, we stepped up and we were able to fulfill it need. And like, now people are like, please don't get rid of dumbbell physique. Like you have to keep doing this. Right. So that's actually been crazy cool. Cause it's like, I guess now we're keeping that program because it's like, we PR that <laughs> like people have fucking been loving our dumbbell physique program. So same thing. The next step for me was, okay. I feel like between all of our programs at Paragon, we have four different workout programs. And so whether you have body weight stuff, whether you have a full home gym setup, you know, we have programs for all that stuff. And so it's like, okay, I feel like the exercise stuff is covered, but now what are people doing with their nutrition? Because here we are still stuck at home. What are we doing? Right? Like, should I'm not working out as much. I'm not working out as hard. So should I be cutting my calories? Should I be eating at maintenance? What am I doing? And so that was step number three was, okay, why don't we create a nutrition and body image and mindset piece to basically fill that void? Because same thing, it's like, well, when you're sitting at home and you suddenly have more time than ever to stare at your body and pick it apart (laughs) in the mirror or a lot of people, right, are spiraling where it's like, oh, well, I can't eat the way that I normally eat. And normally I go to the gym, I walk my dog, I do all these things. I'm super active. And now I'm trapped at home in my New York City apartment. Well, am I going to get fat? Am I going to gain weight? Is my body going to, you know, it's all of those spirals. And so I launched a program called Strong by Summer, but it was basically a four week self-guided program because same thing. It's like, if you're losing your job or your hours are being cut, committing to a one-on-one relationship with a coach for a six-month commitment, that might be really scary. And for me, I have felt during this whole quarantine thing, it's like, 
my phone is toxic. Like I don't want to keep scrolling Instagram or I don't want to be super connected digitally to someone or like, I don't want to have to report and check in back to somebody, right? And so it was like, well, maybe the answer is, what if we just help people manage this themselves? And so I basically made it a self-guided thing where it was like, regardless of what state your nutrition and your lifestyle habits and your exercises at, you could follow this program. It built every week where it was like, okay, week one, let's just figure out what you're doing. Can you monitor how many steps you're getting in a day? Like, are you eating fruits and vegetables? Okay. How many, what's your fiber look like? You know, for a lot of people, it's like what gets monitored gets managed. And so it's really hard to be like, oh, I think I'm eating enough food. And it's like, well, how do you know? (laughs) That's so subjective, right? Like I actually have data. And so by the end of it, I talked through how to handle your nutrition and your lifestyle habits and just addressing things too, where again, it's like common body image things or mindset pieces and just getting people to start journaling, addressing hey, I know maybe you've never seen like a therapist, but right now we're all going through a trauma, a major Mm -hmm. one. Maybe right now would be time to actually seek professional counseling. And so same thing, it was actually the biggest launch I've ever done. And I think it was just a testament again to, I saw a need that nobody else in the industry was filling. And you, I put my heart and soul into creating a product that filled that void. And so all of these things, I've just continually asked myself these past seven or eight weeks, What are people struggling with and how do we help them fill that void? So there's your really long-winded answer. I've been burning down the house the past couple weeks. And so now I'm just kind of trying to lay low and pick and stuff like that. But I really do feel like I paid attention and then just stuffed up to fill those voids for people. Yeah, I think that this time period, it's been like, okay, going, 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 but now it's time to pour. Let's pour into people more because people are in so much need of so many things right now and are struggling. And even just in my little community, when this first happened, I was like, listen, this is a COVID-free zone. We're not going to come in here and talk about it day in and day out because you're going to get that everywhere else. And this isn't to brush it off or say it's not important. It's more of like, I want you to have this space to come and laugh or be yourself or get advice or vent or you have a meme thread. Let's have a light spot. And I feel like that was what people needed to have that safe space. And it's a time to serve, man. You know, there are a lot of people who want to capitalize, but not in like a serving sort of way. Do my six week carb cycling challenge. And that's fascinating to me. The number of people that have doubled down on the oh, you have more time now than ever to dial in your nutrition and you have more time now than ever to work out and get better apps. And it's like, motherfucker, have some empathy for the fact that how many parents right now suddenly have kids at home and they're playing daycare while also trying to do the job they need to do to fucking pay bills. Even for me, it's like, I love going to grocery stores. Grocery stores are like my Disney world. I was the person that, I would go to the grocery store three or four times a week. Even yesterday, I went and I went to Whole Foods. I went to Sprouts and I was like, okay, we're having a weird problem right now where a lot of people can't find animal protein and meat in their grocery stores right now because there's a shortage. So I just did like a grocery store food guide on like, oh, hey, well, like here's some other options that are high in protein. Check out this Bonza pasta that you can grab 25 grams of protein in. Even for me right now, I hate going to the grocery store right now. I hate 
being in a mask. I'm a super huggy, clingy person. Like I love smiling. I love making people's day. And so to go to the grocery store, decked out like a ninja, trying to get in and out as fast as possible. Like you're avoiding people. Grocery stores give me anxiety. And so that's one thing that I'm like, gosh, I just miss going to the grocery store for fun and walking around and checking out all the new products, right? Yeah. So my brother is a really good check for this because my brother is 42. He's a famous video game designer. And so imagine trying to do his job where he's leading an enormous team from home. Every time I call him, he has a six-year-old and a three-year-old and they're screaming in the background. He'll have to get off the phone because he's just like, hey, I'm sorry, Meltdown City's happening. And he can't even go escape to get to the gym anymore because gyms are shut down. So it's like he's trying to, you know, go out on the patio, hit workouts while his children are also poking in, pulling his hat. All this stuff. <laughs> I just cringe because it's like, yes, this could be a really good time for people to say, oh, I have no excuses. I'm going to commit to my nutrition and doing all those things. But there has to be a time and a place for that. And I know plenty of people, it's like, well, if you're single, you don't have anybody to report to, your job's super stable. Well, then yeah, maybe right now is a great time to start cranking on those physique goals. But reversely, if you're in that bucket of survival, the yeah, worst survival. fucking thing you can do is be like, oh, hey, actually, you can't eat all of these foods. Fucking restrict your calories. I know stress is really high, but fuck that. Let's add more <laughs> stress. I want you to work out more and I want you to work out harder and I want you to eat less like that's a fucking disaster and like you said now is the time to serve but I don't know that that's the way to do it and yeah maybe you'll get that fat loss you've always been wanting but at what cost because if the bus is on fire adding gasoline to it seems like a you know it's like you have your whole life to get more yoke shredded, whatever the fuck it is. Maybe wait until we're not in a pandemic and let's chill. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. 12 years of coaching, just a great idea, right? Well, unfortunately, you have a lot of people home right now. They're uncomfortable with their body. They're uncomfortable with having to actually sit with those fucking thoughts because you can't go fucking reprieve it at the gym or you can't escape the fact that you're stuck in your house and having to deal with the thing between your ears. But right. I can't get down with that style of making money where we're preying on people's insecurities. Like I can't, I can't do it. I made a TikTok video that was like, hey guys, I'm an expert at, and like I had seven different things and I'm like, I have some tips. Have you checked out my tips for homeschooling? And I'm like, oh. I have dogs, you know? But yeah, you know, just serving your people, I think, and just giving people a little bit more. You know, I have my nutrition clients. I don't write programming. I don't do that. But for them, I was like, look, I'm going to start posting bodyweight workouts for you guys because you're all in this space right now. We are like, what do we do? You know? Totally. <laughs> so here you go. Like, there's that. You actually posted something the other day, which made me giddy. Because I am so excited to talk about this with you because yes. this is something I have said a lot. People ask me and have actually been asking me a lot lately about intermittent fasting. And I have always <laughs> said, <laughs> this is like my canned response to this. First of all, it's not diet, it's modality. One. Yes. Two if you weren't doing anything beforehand and then you start anything that restricts calories or whatnot, like you're going to see results. So what Becky's doing over there, if she wasn't doing shit before, like, and she's like, Oh my God, I'm doing this. It's amazing. You should do this too. No. But thirdly, and I think most importantly is that and one of the things that you mentioned, I cannot wait for you to get into it is that studies on intermittent fasting are primarily done on men. And like not really many are done in general at all. 
And when it comes to our hormones and our fight or flight response and our scarcity, we are so different from men. And so something that is studied over and over and over for men and works for them cannot just be copied and pasted onto a woman. And seeing you post that about like keto and intermittent fasting, I was like, yes, because that is such a huge piece of the puzzle that I think is just flying over the heads of people when they see this as like a miracle little magic pill of a new diet trend. So please. Yes. <laughs> so like we were kind of talking about this off air, but I'm very Enneagram 8, which means you're the challenger. And so I struggle so hard when I see bullshit because it's like, yo, like we need to talk about this, right? And so to fill people in, the post that I made was the tweet that I had sent out on Twitter. And so it just said, three super common potential contributors to hormone, thyroid, and menstrual cycle issues in women are keto, intermittent fasting, and being plant-based or like plant-based eating. You nailed it. So when we look at research studies, they're never done on women. And here's why women have menstrual cycles, right? And so there's so many variables with that because A, you would have to theoretically basically put out a poll and be like, hey, so we want to do this research study, but when we start this study, you need to be on day one of your cycle, right? (laughs) There's so many control variables because it's like, okay, well, are you taking hormonal birth control? Are you not taking hormonal birth control? Do you have an IUD? Did you get the shot? Do you have an implant? Do you have the copper IUD? Oh, hey, do you have a fucking menstrual cycle? Oh, you don't have a menstrual cycle. Okay, what if you have an irregular cycle? Well, we can't really compare a woman that has a 28-day cycle with a woman that has a 45-day menstrual cycle issue, right? So it's like literally rather than researchers step up and say, oh, hey, you're right. Yes, this is going to be harder to study this population, but we should probably do it. Instead, women just get dismissed altogether because in the science world, they just go, oh, actually, well, women are just miniature men. It's totally fine. If, if, we study, <laughs> yeah, if, if we study something in men, it's totally cool. I bet it works for women too. And so in my post, the person that I kept quoting was Dr. Stacey Sims. She's a researcher and educator, and she's one of the leading experts on women's health, but she addresses this. And so she does research that is actually on women. And so even when we look at stuff like keto, you're not even really looking at healthy males in a lot of that data. Like we're looking at obese men that have diabetes that do keto and then, you know, cool, we get all these results, right? And so same thing, it's like, well, that's the farthest thing from a female, right? And so I think that in the coming years, you're hopefully going to see more of that. But it's like everything we've been led to believe to be true about nutrition is a bunch of bullshit because it really is majority of the things that work well for men are actually harmful or really disrupt the system in women. Because again, not to discount men's hormones and stuff like that, but again, they don't have a cyclical cycle. They can't have a baby. They can't get pregnant. It really is comparing apples to oranges. And so the short answer I always just give people is again, well, women have menstrual cycles and research studies aren't done on women. But I think it's hard too, because it's like, again, well, everybody at the end of the day has different genetics. They have different digestive system and gut flora. What does their menstrual cycle look like? Are they dealing with insulin resistance? Are they dealing 
with certain hormone imbalances? Do they have thyroid issues, et cetera? So it's like, you are still always going to see those N equals one or those outliers where it's like, oh, well, actually, even studies show X, Y, and Z happens in women if they follow keto, but you're still going to have that person where they're like, dude, like keto was the best thing I ever did for my health. And I have perfect menstrual cycles and I feel like a million bucks. So in this post, I just kind of break down, okay, you know, keto is a diet that or a way of eating that's super high in fat, it's moderate in protein, and it's very low in carb. But I go on to talk about why as a professional that's been in the space and, you know, somebody that pursued a bachelor's in food, nutrition, dietetics, why it's not my favorite for women, whether they're active menstruating women, or even the common thing that we hear is people will say, oh, well, actually keto is really great for menopausal women or women that are in their late forties to fifties. And so again, it's like, I have a differing opinion because again, I've been doing this for 12 plus years and you're never going to see research studies that say, oh, you know, here's what happened. But anecdotal evidence of working with quite literate at this point, thousands of women over the years, it's like, well, you're going to notice trends of, oh, that's weird. (laughs) Okay, cool. Versus the things that do work and allow women to thrive. And so a lot of the debate when we talk about keto is that as we age, obviously our estrogen levels drop or hormone levels are declining the older we get. And so we see a change in our sensitivity to insulin and our ability to regulate carbs and stuff like that. And so it is true that women that are kind of creeping in that, say, 40, 45, 50, a little bit older age range, they might feel better being a little bit lower carb for that reason, because estrogen's just kind of slowly creeping out of the equation. But the thing is, there's so many variables to that, right? Because it's like, well, If you're an active woman and you're working out and you love CrossFit or you love going to spin and Orange Theory, if you don't eat carbohydrates and use the fuel source that you are utilizing, you're going to feel like fucking garbage in those workouts and like the long-term effect isn't going to be pretty, right? Rather than just throwing this blanket thing of like, oh yeah, women should go keto. It's like, well, maybe if you're aging, I could see an argument for being slightly lower carb. And I still say lower carb because for me, 150, 200 grams of carb, I consider that low carb. It's like being 30 to 50 grams where cool, you can lick a piece of broccoli throughout the day, like yourself, like that, that's not sustainable. And so it's like, well, okay, should our aging women prioritize crushing tons of vegetables and tons of fiber? Should they have well-rounded meals where there's a protein, a carb, a fat, a veggie, and we're not spiking insulin super hard? And should we be choosing higher quality foods rather than choosing processed foods or maybe going to, like, there's nothing wrong with pasta, but going to Olive Garden and crushing an entire plate of pasta when we sit at a desk all day, like, there's lots of conversation there. But the same thing is when people say, oh, okay, well, older women should still do keto. And it's like, well, I'm still going to argue against that because research shows that as we age, same thing. We can't really synthesize protein as efficiently as we could when we're 15, 20, 30 years old. And so I like to have my women actually eat more protein as they age. And so this might be something like 1.1 or 1.15 times your body weight or your lean body mass if you're a little bit higher body fat percentage. An example with that would be I'm a 5'3 lean female and I weigh 130 pounds and I'm 45 or 50 years old. 
rather than aiming for body weight, which might be like 130 grams, maybe I'm choosing to aim for like 140, 150 grams. And so that doesn't line up with that whole idea of keto because keto is typically 15 to 20% protein. So that's going to put you at 100, 110 grams. That's still far below. I love battling the keto thing because I'm like, no, (laughs) because based off of A, science, but then also just sustainability because again, well, if it's your birthday and you can't have fucking birthday cake, what's the point? Or right? you so knock yourself like, out of ketosis if you were ever in it to begin with. Right. Sustainability is still always the most important thing. Again, are there people that they really thrive on keto and it works for them? Like, good for you, but you're the 5%. And my job as a coach is to help you build a sustainable life that you don't need cheat days from, or you don't need you know, the out to do something different. I would rather help you live a life that you love, still be able to go out with your friends, still be able to have nights out and drinking wine and all that stuff. There's a lot going on just in that sector. I don't think it's sustainable and I'm just not a fan of it for clients, even though again, you know, it can work for some people that didn't even get into the actual (laughs) science of what happens when a woman does keto in terms of comparing it to a male. But same thing with intermittent fasting for people that are unfamiliar, intermittent fasting is just a shortened window of eating. So that might look something like, Hey, I only eat all of my calories for the day in between noon and 8 PM. Well, again, we exist on planet Earth, whether or not you want to have kids, we exist on planet Earth to have babies. And so if our body suddenly feels threatened because we only eat in an eight hour window, (laughs) A, it's really hard to get in maintenance calories at that, right? I'm 5'3", I weigh 125 pounds, I work out 60 to 75 minutes, four to five times a week. I can sit on 2,500 calories and not gain weight, lose weight. Like if I eat less, I'm losing weight, right? So imagine trying to cram 2,500 calories in an eight-hour window. The likelihood that you're going to be successful, I would literally have to have two meals that are 12 or 1300 calories. Like that sounds fucking terrible, right? It so sounds it's like, good for like once in a while where you're like, I'm going to smash this crazy <laughs> breakfast. Right. Like maybe for the first week you're like, this yeah. is the best fucking thing ever. But then that's gross. The extremes of, oh, I'm super lean. And then, oh, hey, I'm four months pregnant. Like, hey, what's up? That sounds terrible. Same thing. It's like, well, what's likely going to happen? Or when people are like, oh, well, intermittent fasting is great. Like I lost weight. Well, no, duh, motherfucker. <laughs> you're only eating a couple hours a day. When you look at intermittent fasting and you look at all, again, the research studies and how it's so great and all this stuff, it's like, well, for women, we actually can see an increase in visceral fat. We can see for men, we were talking about fight or flight and all that stuff. As a woman, you actually might be more prone to just walking around in that flight state of being super stressed. You see an increase in that sympathetic state. But same thing, it's like a lot of the research actually shows, oh, well, cool, your endocrine system that oversees all your hormones, that's going to decline. Oh, your sex hormones, they're going to flatten. They're going to drop a little. So I always tell people, When we're looking at your menstrual health and just you as a female, your body wants to feel safe. And so when we start doing things, somebody be like, I haven't had a period in three years. And it's like, motherfucker, you need to look at your life and look at why does my body not not feel safe? Right. (laughs) Literally, what are the inputs in your life that you don't have a period? Oh, well, you 
don't eat meat. You're only eating in an eight hour window. You go to spin class for two hours a day. Then you proceed to go to CrossFit and you hit a class workout and you work out six days a week. And oh, you're only eating 1400 calories because your favorite influencer on Instagram said so. Oh, well, no fucking wonder you're not doing so hot under yeah. the hood, right? I think people like fail to realize our outside world has changed over several thousand years, but our body doesn't know that food is readily available. So when we lose weight, it believes we're in a famine and mm-hmm. then you gain it all back and then some because we're not going to let this happen again. And even our brains, you know, our fear when we are too afraid to take a risk or try something or start a business or whatever, our brain tells us, don't do that. You're going to die. If you fail, you'll die because that used to be the case. Whereas it's not anymore. It's like, oh, I might look stupid or have a shitty first attempt or people might make fun of me, but like you won't die. But our bodies are still there and our brain is still there. So it's really kind of amazing to me that we're still in this space. And I think also this kills me too. When people say something like, oh, I got to do keto again because that really worked for me. (laughs) What do you mean? Oh, well, I lost 30 pounds, but did you gain it back? And they're like, well, yeah, because I stopped doing it. I'm like, so it didn't work for you. Ding, ding. (laughs) It didn't work. Like you should be able to do that forever. What I do, the flexible dieting space where, hey, listen, I may not be counting every single freaking macro every day for the rest of my life, but it's easy to just kind of go back to that. Or, hey, you know, I track all the time, but then tonight I'm going to go have a nice dinner with my husband. I'm not going to track. And that's flexible for me. But when you are like keto or die and your actual lifestyle is on one side of the planet and the keto is on the other, there's too big of a gap and chasm for you to bridge really. And you're going to fail. It's like every time I see it, I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to fail. And it it really comes from a lack of education, right? Even the boat that that person missed is, I love preaching this. And it's like, I love seeing coaches get really butthurt because the banter back for me is always like, well, I'm sorry that you're butthurt about this statement. The statement would be, hey, regardless of how much weight you think you have to lose or regardless of what your goals are, you really shouldn't be dieting more than one to two times a year. One to two times a year, maybe you can send a caloric deficit. And that deficit should only last for four to 12 weeks, maybe 16 if we feel really, really good. But the thing is, when we diet, our hormones decline. So sex hormones, menstrual cycle, our thyroid health, which our thyroid oversees our metabolism. It affects how we feel, our temperature regulation. It directly oversees everything. Well, same thing. When when calories are low, thyroid health goes... So we feel like shit over time and over time dieting becomes harder and harder and harder because your hormones want to be happy, right? Your thyroid wants to be happy. And so even if you're like, hey, well, LCK, you know, I'm a 250 pound female. I need to lose hundred pounds. I need to lose all this weight. Well, cool. You didn't get there overnight. So why would you think that you're going to get rid of the issue overnight either? Because results that come fast don't stay. And a body has to feel safe to get lean and stay lean. So we have to start raising the education that, you know, it's like, I see this all the time where it's like, oh, I'm working with popular nutrition company. And you're like, okay, how long have you been dieting? And they're like, oh yeah, I've been living on 1300 calories for 
12 plus months now, like over a year. And we wonder why we don't have a sex drive. We feel like fucking garbage. Mm -hmm. We're not seeing the results we're seeking anymore. We're not sleeping through the night. We're having mood issues, all this stuff. Your body is like a car and you're driving that car on fucking empty. You have slashed the tires. It's somehow still going by the power of God. Like, (laughs) hey, we need to take breaks. Hey, we can't just take, take, take from the ATM. We do have to put back in. And so coaches will be like, yeah, well, I think that's shit. Well, cool. Guess what? Your clients are the people that come to me and become right. my clients. And I'm the one playing clean up on their hormones and having to work side by side with their doctor to remedy all of the bullshit and fuckery. Because again, it's like we have to stop viewing our body as this thing that we just punish and we take from. It's like, hey, I hear you. You've got a lot of weight to lose. But what if rather than spending your entire fucking rest of time on planet Earth at war with your body, we did it right from the start and we played it slow and steady and we actually respected and loved the fuck out of our body the Mm. entire time. And yeah, maybe it takes you two or three years to lose that hundred pounds or whatever it is. But then you get to live life and not restrict and not have to worry about it, right? It's hard because that idea doesn't sell. People want, even right now, we're what, like three weeks out from Memorial Day? And I was telling you, I feel like suddenly everybody's having the, oh my God, it's summer. Oh my God, I'm going to be in a swimsuit. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. You know, that sort of spiral where it's like, I need to cut, I need to diet. Oh my God, I'm really uncomfortable in my skin. If you wanted a different outcome by this time of year, you should have started on that a while ago. That ship right now to be like, you know what? Three, two, one, I'm going to eat a thousand calories. But we (laughs) have to stop that process and we have to stop that spiral, right? Right. It's so sad though, because I was even just talking about this with someone the other day. And I was like, people like me and you will always have a job because like you said, cleaning up the mess. There are so many shitty coaches out there. My marketing ploy isn't, Hey, lose 20 pounds by May 5th. It's, are you sick of the bullshit and the roller coaster? (laughs) Are you tired of living this terrible back and forth, up and down yo-yo bullshit life where you cannot find a balance and you're sick of hating yourself and what you see in the mirror and abusing your body. Okay. Hi, I can help. This morning, I never want to directly call out people. I cringe when I see people post up an account and just light it down um, and tear it apart. But I came across an account this morning that I was like, I am so bothered by this that I might actually have to address this in some manner. But so it was an account. And so it's geared at sorority and college aged women. And so it's a registered dietitian and all of the marketing and verbiage on the page is like, I make fat loss fun. And so this specific post, it was from a few days ago. And it was like, if you're a 5'8", 180 pound woman, you just need to eat 13 to 1400 calories to lose weight. And the caption is all this stuff. And I'm just like, oh my God, what the actual fuck, Becky? Because, hey, you know what would actually be better marketing? And this comes from somebody that had an eating disorder in college and pursued a degree in nutrition dietetics because I weighed 92 fucking pounds. You know what I wish somebody would have told me in college is, hey, I know that all of this marketing around you is, oh, you're going to gain the college 15. You're going to gain the college 20. You should just drink your wine, but then eat a thousand calories and all this fire. It's like, 
you know what I wish I would have found in college is somebody that told me, A, how much food I actually needed to put in my body, which for any active woman, if we're an active woman, my blanket statement would be a minimum of 18 to 2000 calories, which again, I'm fucking short. I'm five, three, and I'm not doing CrossFit regionals training anymore. Like in 2016, I literally bodybuild and lift for 60 minutes a day, four to five times a week. And I can sit on 2,500 calories. Hey, in college, let's teach women how much food they should actually be eating. Let's teach ah. them the types of foods they should be buying rather than, oh, hey, like, you know what I ate in college was like fucking macaroni and cheese and ramen noodles, right? Let's teach women how to actually work out. Let's teach women that they don't need to do booty band workouts and they don't need to do all these bullshit plyo exercises they see on Instagram, right? Why don't we teach women that it's okay to be strong and that it's okay to step into their power and take up fucking space in the gym? Where is that marketing? And we have an entire account with a large following that is literally diet culture at its finest. So, oh, hey, Becky, you just drink your wine, eat a thousand calories, eat 1200 calories. It's fine. If I would have found that account, I found it triggering and I don't even have those issues anymore, yeah. right? It's like, I have the education. These poor college girls don't. They have no idea. They have none. There are women I'm seeing in their forties and fifties that have no idea. They don't know. You know, there's just such a lack of education and understanding around fitness in general and nutrition and what's okay and what's not. And we make fat loss fun. (laughs) We make fat loss fun. fun. (laughs) Like literally the profile picture was her with a glass of wine. I'm just like, I fucking can't. And again, this is a registered dietitian. So then we add the complexity layer. This isn't even just some bullshit person with no credentials. This is a poor leader in the space that people are actually taking advice from and seeking counseling from. Fuck me, like that's terrifying. That is horrifying. And then again, you're left to find those girls later on in life where they're like- Play fucking clean up. Yeah, cool. Let's undo all of this, not only physical damage, hormonal damage, but brain damage, you know? The emotional side of stuff and like body image stuff, people understand- Oh, hey, can you track your food? We had somebody that went through my Strong by Summer program, and she's not a short individual, but literally she was eating 1,300 calories below her maintenance calories, going to CrossFit, doing all this stuff, and not understanding why she felt like shit, why she didn't have abs, why she wasn't shredded. That education piece got missed. And so that's the biggest thing is like, We go, we seek these higher degrees in education. People are buying mortgages for houses, but they literally don't know the types of foods to put in their mouth to reach their goals. They don't know how to properly exercise. They don't know how to adjust their nutrition. They don't know how to periodize it. It's like that education piece is so lacking and you can make money off of gimmicks and fads, right? And I remember even in college, all of the stuff that we were learning in my classes was so outdated, but I went to CVS to pick up my thyroid meds one time and it was like a Snickers bar at CVS and it said registered dietitian approved because the companies that own a lot of all the big dietetic associations and stuff like that, you know who the biggest sponsors for those are is fucking Coca-Cola. Oh, cool. So right. it's like, unfortunately, money 
can buy you an opinion. And that's why we see even all these doctors will put out 30 day diets and this and that. Guess what? That's super out of their scope. Most doctors don't take nutrition classes during you know their educational experience. Right. And these schools that do, I'm going to throw out a stat that might be a year too old, but it used to be like 25 credit hours or something like that. So that might come out to, oh, cool. You took a basic class in college that said, hey, there's three macronutrients. There's a protein, a carb with that. Even when I graduated with my degree in nutrition dietetics, we didn't actually have the expertise or the knowledge on how to coach people. We never talked about macros, to be honest. So it's like everything I learned about macro-based coaching, that came after my college experience. That wasn't while I was doing clinical rotations. That wasn't while I was in a hospital space or anything like that. I think it literally started for me. I read Chrissy May Cagney's Flexible Dieting ebook, and that started (laughs) the train of me taking various nutrition certifications and stuff like that. I think it's just so important to be careful about who you follow on social media and where you're getting your information from because magazines are a really toxic and poor place to get it. Pinterest is on the top of the shit list where dreams go to die. But again, the number of people saying, oh yeah, I work with this company. Here's my code, you know, Sarah 10, or the number of people that are just following these unsustainable ways and pushing it to people because they make money and they've got an audience it's a disaster. And it's like, fuck, man, we have to keep doing better. But it's like, talk about my platform and where it comes from is just battling the bullshit out there, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's never ending. One of my girls asked about your philosophy on food quality, because I know we touched a little bit on that. But they said that your approach to food quality seems to be less strict than a lot of people in your space. So Talk a little bit about that because I think even us like riffing and stuff, people are probably like, oh, clean eating and all of that. So So if you met me circa 2015, 2016, I made a really good post about this yesterday, just talking about my journey from when I started and found CrossFit in 2012 until present day. And so I for sure went through the phase where I only buy pastured eggs and grass-fed beef. Mm -hmm. And I think I even did two different rounds of Whole30 where it was like, Oh, I can't use that ketchup if it's not Whole30 approved. Oh, (laughs) actually that fish isn't wild caught, so like I can't touch it. I think that I've really lived the full spectrum of, again, hashtag clean eating and being so restrictive and being terrified of things that didn't fall into my category of the self-induced food rules, right? So it's like now, present day, I talk about cool guys, I actually love Red Bull. And like Red Bull is like (laughs) definition of trash, right? Like I'm super open about it. But it's like, I really love drinking zero Red Bull. Or right now, like as we're chatting, I'm drinking like a 3D energy drink because it's fucking 100 degrees outside. Hot coffee in my house sounds terrible. And we can't go to coffee shops right now, right? I love poking at this because I post up my grocery hauls all the time. And you're going to see my $7.99 pastured eggs And you're going to see my grass-fed ground beef. And then you're also going to see items like Red Bull, or you're going to see items like freaking organic gummy bears, right? I started implementing all these rules, and I don't know where they came from, but it was like, hey, um, my name's Elsie Kay, and I'm gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free, fun-free. I'm terrified of eating out at restaurants. Um, I'm terrified of cooking with my friends because I don't want them to know that I am terrified to eat that cookie on the table. And somewhere, my shit got really messy. And I actually, I'll be honest, I think that 
with coaching and I think with social media, it actually expedited that disorder because here people judge you with a big following no matter what the fuck you do, right? The more followers you have, the less feelings you have. Yes, 100. So I post up this grocery haul and it is exactly like what I entailed. Hey, here's a bunch of lean proteins. I picked up a bunch of organic blueberries and raspberries and all this stuff. And so of course, I think that day alone, I got 10 DMs and it's like, look at all that plastic throw up emoji. And you're like, bitch, we are in the middle of a pandemic where food is a scarcity and you're going to judge my food choices. I would have been all for it if it was like, here's my Sour Patch Kids, here's my candy, here's my bullshit. Like it was literally a very high quality food haul that just had a lot of plastic because we're in a pandemic and you can't get fresh things, right? And so I think that 2016 to 2018, I really had disordered views on foods. And I was the person that I would take Tupperware to pool parties. I would take Tupperware to restaurants because again, I had all these self-imposed rules about, oh, I can't eat that. If I do, I'm going to get fat. Or, oh, I can't show my social media followers that I'm a fucking person and eat a cookie because I'll get judged. And now I just delete comments and I tell people to go fuck themselves. Present day, that's really something I'm trying to be more authentic about. I was always still having, air quotes, normal people food, like cookies or like chips or whatever it is, but I wasn't showing them because I was afraid to get that judgment and that poor feedback from people. And so now, cool, like I'm just going to be transparent. Like I crack jokes about all the time, like Red Bull is disgusting. It's whatever, but I love it and it makes me happy, right? (laughs) So to circle back, I always seek to invest in my food. That is like a core value of mine is, hey, if I have the choice between grass-fed beef or conventional beef and I can afford it, I'm always going to choose the happy animals or I'm going to choose the least processed item. So even again, let's say I love the Costco organic gummy bears because they're just a really easy, quick source of carbohydrates. So especially on days that you are traveling or you're just short on macros, they're a really easy way to get in. And so it's like my choices hey, well, I'm just going to buy the organic ones rather than Haribo gummy bears. Are they truthfully at base value any better? No, sugar is sugar. It's the same outcome. That's like, that is something that I prioritize. It's just, hey, well, if I'm going to have a cookie rather than some bullshit like Lenny and Larry's processed cookies with 5 million ingredients, I would rather have a fresh baked, you know, homemade cookie that has 10 ingredients. So it's like, I think you have to figure out, well, what are the things that you really enjoy? Because your nutrition should be equal parts eating the foods that you enjoy, but also eating the foods you need and then having a baby, right? Same with exercise. Like this is really important. Um, I recently talked about, I had all these self-imposed rules where I was really afraid to go running or I was really afraid to do certain things because it was like, well, hey, my goal is I want to have a really good physique and I want to look really strong and muscular, but I'm not going to let myself go for a run when the weather's nice because it's going to hurt my gains or it's going to make me whatever, right? Or like alcohol was a really big one for me where I was so terrified and the voice in my head was literally, hey, if you drink alcohol, you will get fat. 
because I knew the science behind alcohol, where alcohol inhibits liver mm-hmm. detoxification abilities, it decreases your testosterone levels, it increases estrogen levels. It was like I knew the science, so I fear-mongered my way into it. And so for me, victories were like, oh, hey, I only drink one or two times a year. Can we make it a priority? I actually love being social. I love having fun with friends. So like a big victory for me was hey, you know what, like once a month, I'm going to go out and have a couple drinks with friends and go out to dinner. And it stopped the spiral, right? And so same thing with nutrition, it was really getting real and getting curious on the narratives that I set for myself and assessing, hey, my mental health is struggling. And this is actually super disordered eating to like be eating things in private and not share with social media or being afraid to post it. And so now it's kind of like I just flex on people. If you slide in my DMs, praise God, good luck sliding in my DMs and be like, Oh, I thought I thought you eat clean or like, Oh, I can't believe that you drink Red Bull. Like shut the fuck up, Becky. (laughs) Like, let's fucking talk about this. An actual Um, real person. And the thing, right. is like everybody has their shit hey, I'm actually lactose intolerant and it comes and goes. So like I'll have periods where I can crush Greek yogurt. And then if grass and all of the allergy stuff outside super bats, I can't do it anymore. So for me, there's certain flexes where this is the most freedom I've ever had around food, but it only happened because I got really serious on why am I doing the things that I'm doing? So hopefully that kind of answers their questions. Like, I'm trying to have fun, but also eat the things I want to eat. And again, am I ever going to be the account where if it fits your macros level 5,000 and I'm eating salads and dry chicken breast so that, that I can eat my triple Oreo ice cream freezy and it's like that, hot sauce on top. Yeah. <laughs> like that's never been me. But am I gonna post a breakfast where it's like, here's three pastured eggs with the $8.99 coffee bacon from Whole Foods, bell peppers, some oatmeal, some blueberries. Oh, and here's an energy drink. Yes. Like, welcome to me. If you don't like it, hit the unfollow button and get the fuck out. Take your bad vibes with you. Check you later. Right? Love it. I have one more question and I know it's probably not a short answer, but let's try. So one of my girls asked, how do you handle your hypothyroidism with fitness? Because she said- this question already. (laughs) Yeah. She's like being hypo with Hashimoto's. I feel like no matter what I do, I can't win sometimes. Um, Yes. How much protein, constant struggle, another girl, same thing. How do you keep muscle with it? It feels like no matter how much protein she eats or whatever, she can't hold on to her muscle. So love this. Okay. So we'll back it up first because I know that there are listeners out there that is like, what's a thyroid? What is hypothyroidism? (laughs) You're like, what is Hashimoto's? So your thyroid is your master gland. It's in your neck. And so again, it oversees basically everything bodily function wise in terms of your quality of sleep, your temperature regulation, your metabolism, it directly is going to interplay into your sex hormones and stuff like that. And so if we're running hypo, it means that we're running low in thyroid hormone. And so everything when we're hypothyroid is just running a little bit slower. So like as an example, I can usually pick out when I'm looking at a new client and they say, oh, hey, I have this really weird symptom where I only go number two every four or five days. Instantly, my brain goes, 
oh, looks like we might have a little thyroid issue because again, your thyroid is going to A, it's going to reduce your stomach acid. So it's very common to see the symptom of having low stomach acid, but we're just having slower transit. And that's a direct thing where it's like, okay, cool. Like let's get some testing and see. And so there's a lot of parts to thyroid stuff because the biggest thing is that when people go get their thyroid tested, oftentimes doctors are going off of outdated labs and they're going off of outdated procedures. And so when we go to get our thyroid tested, so if we're somebody and we're like, okay, I have a bunch of symptoms, I'm having hair loss, I'm having really heavy and uncomfortable periods, or maybe they're really long periods as well. My cycle only comes every 35 to 45 days. I suddenly have all this weight gain or I'm struggling with my body composition, even though nothing's really changed. I'm cold all the time, just a couple of symptoms. But all of those as a coach, I would be like, oh, we definitely might have something going on with their thyroid. Like, let's explore that. And so in the 90s, doctors used to just look at TSH, which is your thyroid stimulating hormone. So it's kind of the messenger that talks to your body and it says, hey, do this thing. And so we can't just look at the messenger hormone because there's actually five values that we need to look at. And so that's your TSH, that's your free T3, your free T4. And then we also need to look at antibodies. So when we talk about, oh, I have Hashimoto's, that person is having an autoimmune response where the body is actually actively attacking the thyroid. So we have a gland that's being compromised, it's being damaged, and that's why we're seeing low levels of thyroid. So you need all five of those values. And so the biggie is that Again, maybe a doctor does pull all of those. Typically in my practice, when I'm working with people, it's like, hey, get out a piece of paper, write this down and send me a picture when you get the lab orders in your hand, like send me a picture before you walk and they poke your arms so we can make sure that they actually requested and ordered all five of those things. Because if you don't have all five of those, we can't get a full diagnosis. So you have all these women that will go, they'll be like, oh yeah, doctor said my thyroid looks fine. And I'm like, what does air quotes around fine mean? Because if our free T3 is anything less than a three to 4.5, things aren't fine. And that means we are running hypo, right? And so oh, well, turns out Becky has a free T3 value of 2.7. Her doctor said it's fine. Well, cool. Step one, we need to get a new doctor. But step two, we probably need to look into getting meds. We need to look at making changes to our nutrition and all of that stuff. And so when we're dealing with the thyroid, the biggest thing to understand is that there are a lot of moving pieces to our thyroid. A, But B, we can self-induce subclinical or we can self-induce hypothyroidism by simply chronically under eating. Because again, to kind of go back to what we talked about earlier, when we are dieting and when resources are low, our thyroid's job is to keep us alive. And so our thyroid goes, oh, hey, well, cool. Looks like there's not enough food for what I really prefer. Cool. Well, we need to start slowing things down because we don't have enough irons in the fire. We don't have enough fuel to operate optimally how we should. So we've got to start making changes or we can't survive. Right. And so that's the biggest thing is for a lot of people, it's like, are we truly hypothyroid or are we just chronically dieting and self-inducing a situation? Right. Because if you go back to eating at maintenance calories, if you go back to just eating enough food, you should see those levels improve and you should see things turn around in four, five, six months. Again, thyroid and hormone stuff is never quick. So it's not like 30 days later, you're going to be like, whoo, it's like 
well, your body's got a lot going on, so it's going to be months. But to kind of address the thing where you're like, cool, I for sure know that I have this thing. A big talking conversation point is that, A, if it is more harmful to not take meds than it is to take meds. And so you have a lot of people where it's like, well, I want to do this naturally. I don't want to take this thing. The side effects of thyroid meds are actually pretty minimal. But that's a quote from my doctor, which is Dr. Becky Campbell. I work with her remotely. But it is more harmful to your body to not take meds if you truly need them. And so I hope that this resonates with people because I for sure was under the camp for quite a few years. I would say probably like 2016, 2018, where good nutrition and good exercise and all this stuff, that should be enough. I don't want to take meds, blah, blah, blah. That was part of why I fucked myself up so bad as I went off meds. And if I would have just taken my meds and then adjusted the things I was doing, I probably would have spent you know years feeling like garbage because present day I drew labs and my doctor was like, dude, what the fuck have you been doing, right? But when you're looking at the thyroid as a whole, your nutrition plays a big part into it, your environment and the things that you're coming in contact with. So especially followers of mine know that I'm a big fan of Beauty Counter or I'm a big fan of, well, people and these EWG verified companies of safer products because the products that you use on your hair, your skin, the body lotion that you use all can contain endocrine disrupting or hormone disrupting chemicals. And so it can cause changes to your thyroid health, or it can cause changes to your hormone and estrogen levels and stuff like that. And so same thing with your exercise. When we founded Paragon Training Methods, it came from the place of a lack of understanding on my part that, oh, hey, like here I have this autoimmune condition. I've had thyroid issues since I was 17. CrossFit is the least. (laughs) CrossFit, Orange Theory, Spin Class, any high-intensity modality, you're the least ideal candidate for it. Really, if you already have dysfunction in that part of your world, you're going to be better lifting. You're going to be better bodybuilding because they're lower intensity, they're less stressful on the body. And so it's just easier to maintain happy levels of your thyroid, right? Because you're not worrying about undercover. You're not worrying about potentially under eating because you're working out so hard and you're straining your body and all of this stuff. Um, but same thing, you know, like what do your lifestyle habits look like? Are you getting enough sleep at night? Are you the person that you're like, oh, I love a glass of wine every night to wind down. You love that, but like your thyroid definitely doesn't love that. There's so many pieces. And again, gut health and liver detoxification abilities, like those go hand in hand where it's like, if your digestion sucks and you're somebody that you're chronically dealing with gas and bloating and all this stuff, well, your thyroid converts a lot of hormone in the gut. And so it's this gross pattern where you're more inclined to have gut problems like SIBO, H. pylori, candida, stuff like that. You're more prone to gut imbalances and digestion problems if you have hypothyroidism. And also you convert a lot of hormone there. So it's just this giant circle jerk of no bueno, right? And so it's like you really have to look from the full spectrum of okay, well, does my nutrition align with the condition I have? Does my exercise modality, right? Because for me, that was the biggest thing is, again, my diet was really good. I understood, oh, hey, fat and cholesterol are precursors for sex hormone function. I need to eat a little bit higher fat to support my hormones, to support my thyroid. Oh, hey, you know, it turns out gluten, actually a lot of studies show that gluten and thyroid problems might not go hand in hand. So a lot of people feel better when they're gluten-free if they have thyroid stuff. And I was doing all the nutrition stuff. And even eventually I hit a place where I wasn't restricting my food and I was eating plenty of food, but I was still seeing thyroid levels that weren't good. And I was still feeling like garbage. 
but I was still going to CrossFit and I was still competitively training two to three hours a day and all this stuff. So I missed the boat on understanding, oh, hey, this is a really important piece and it's the only piece I haven't changed. And the other big thing to discuss too is that hormonal birth control, and I blog about this all the time, but if you have thyroid issues, you shouldn't be utilizing hormonal birth control because hormonal birth control inhibits thyroid function. So you might never see optimal levels until you're not taking the pill, the IUD, et cetera, et cetera. That is a whole other can of worms that I could probably go on for days about. Yes. (laughs) Second (laughs) podcast coming soon. But again, for all these people, you just have to really look at, do your inputs line up? And so my advice would be go to my website. I have so many free blogs about thyroid health and just the things you can do. You have to support the liver and gut. You have to support your nutrition in terms of you might feel better being a little bit higher fat or just making sure for me, it's a minimum of for most women, the kind of magical equation is like a minimum of 65 to 75 grams of fat. Anything below that is when we start to see, oh, I don't have a period anymore. Oh, I have very irregular periods or stuff like that. The same thing. It's like you have to look at okay, well, your thyroid doesn't just work by itself. It works in tandem with all your sex hormones. So if you have a thyroid problem, you also have other things going on, right? What does your estrogen, what is your testosterone? Are you ovulating? And you know, what are your progesterone levels? We have to start looking at the full equation. So it's so crucial, A, to have a doctor that's working with you that is knowledgeable of functional labs and functional methods but then B, are all the inputs lining up? Well, are you using hormonal birth control and you're going to CrossFit and you're eating 1400 calories? Well, heck yeah, that's a recipe for shitty thyroid health, right? There's so many factors and all of that. I'll wrap this up because I know we've been going. But the other big one is when I did go back on meds, something we see commonly is a doctor will prescribe meds and then he'll say, okay, cool. See you in six months. I see Sean Tassone, who's a functional OBGYN here in Austin, Texas and Mueller. And so I saw him every single month for five months in a row because we would adjust my thyroid dosage and then we'd pull labs. And then a month later, 30 days later, we're pulling labs again. Was it expensive to repeatedly pull labs and pay for that doctor visit? 100%. But what happened with me was I was taking Armour, which is a natural desiccated thyroid hormone. So originally we started really low. We started with 30, I forget if it's micrograms or milligrams. I'm going to say micrograms just to be safe, but I'm going to put a little internet asterisk. Don't judge me if it actually is milligrams. I'm pretty sure it's micrograms, but my dosage was 30. And then 30 days later, my thyroid values hadn't changed. So I was like, okay, let's double it up. Let's go 60. 30 days goes by still nothing had happened. And I was starting to at least feel a little bit better, but you weren't seeing it reflect in the labs. And it was like, okay, well, you know what? This month, let's go bigger, go home. So we doubled it. So it was suddenly 120. And that next 30 days, it was like, oh, cool. Free T3 value was 3.3 or 3.5. It was in the clear. I felt better. All of my symptoms were rapidly going away. And so I just want to encourage people, you cannot put a price tag on feeling good So if there was ever a time to invest in yourself, like fucking invest in yourself. Because again, I was already at the point where it was like, I'm fucking miserable. I feel like garbage. My workouts are trash. This isn't working for me. So it was very easy to be like, you know what? We're going to take money out 
savings. We're going to invest in myself. We're going to be the CEO of our own health and do everything we need to fucking do to figure this out. And sure enough, you know, ever since I did that, it's been super easy. And now I go back either every three months, but it's like, People want to wait to pull labs and testing until they feel like garbage. And it's like, no, 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 no. You want to do testing when you feel good so that if things were to ever hit the fan, you know what your potential is. Because again, it's really hard to be like, oh, I just got my labs done and I don't have a testosterone. My free T3 was a 2.3. And it's like, well, what was it all of that time before? Because you don't have anything to compare it to. Yes, things are bad and things need to improve. But again, you don't know what your potential is for that. So I have always been the coach where when I work with clients, it was a non-negotiable when we're having that initial call. I'd be like, hey, just know that if you work with me, we're going to be working alongside your doctor and things might get pricey but I'm not going to not test. I'm not going to be shooting in the dark. We need information so that we can make a game plan with your doctor and we can have all our ducks in a row. I'm not just going to shoot from the hit because it's going to cost you more money, right? I don't want to have you as a client for three years because the first year we're just shooting from the dark and shooting from the hip and trying all these things. Test, don't guess, level 5,000. And so that's always been a priority. And so if you ever have a coach that's like, oh yeah, let's just do this thing or they're not explaining the why or again, you know, it's like you have all these symptoms where you're like, you know, I, I think I'm struggling. I don't have a sex drive. I have all these symptoms. I struggle to build muscle. I think I have low testosterone. No, no, no. Test and confirm it. Your time is so valuable. You can't get that back either. So the only two worst things that you can waste, you know, is like time and money. If you're going to do it, do it right from the start. So there's my little soapbox on thyroid health. But if anybody's like, huh, this is fascinating. I literally (laughs) on my website, I have blogs about further resources, books you can read. You have to be the CEO of your own health and you have to understand that it's not your doctor's job to understand your health. Like you have this thing and it's your job to own your body, to own the things that we're struggling with. And you have to be educated. For me, I've had doctors before where it was like, oh yeah, I'm not going to pull your antibodies because they don't matter. This happened in Houston three years ago. I literally remember because the nurse was in the room and again, I can have sort of a sailor mouth at times. (laughs) I remember being so distraught and mind blown that I literally said, motherfucker, I have an autoimmune condition and diagnose Hashimoto's and you're not going to pull the value to test them. And it's like crickets in the room and the nurse looks over at me and then looks at the doctor and he looks at me and he's like, Hey, I don't remember the nurse's name, but it was like, Hey, Susan, can you add your TPO and TGAB onto the labs, right? Imagine being the standard person that doesn't know any better, right? There is no getting around. You have to be educated and understanding of all of this. And I'm sorry that nobody taught you all of these important things about the meat suit that you live in every day. But again, that's where my platform comes from is the place of I've been there. It's why I pursued a degree in nutrition dietetics. Doctors weren't giving me answers on how to feel better. They were willing to give me a prescription. But I remember sitting in an office at 17 or 18 years old being like, 
okay, well, I'm taking meds. Nothing is happening. I still feel like garbage. I don't know, but it would make sense to me that maybe the way I'm exercising, the way I'm living life and the food I'm eating, shouldn't those do something? And doctor is granted, disclaimer, my parents live in the bumfuck middle of nowhere in Illinois, in the land of the corn. So I'm sure that doctors also aren't the greatest in the sticks, if you will. But I remember the doctor being like, oh no, just take meds. It'll be fine. And locks out the door. And again, at a young age, I was a pretty smart kid, but even then that didn't really sit with me. Right. And so that's why I decided to pursue my degree. And so now it's just like, cool. I feel like I've done a really good job of learning things the hard way. So how do we help people shorten that? They don't have to. Yeah. 100. How do we help people not struggle in all the ways that I struggle? Suffering. Totally. I love it. I love everything about you. I do. I'm sure this could be an eight hour long podcast and people would listen. I would, but <laughs> I love to end things on a quote. So is there a quote that you live by or that you've just been feeling lately that you can share with us? One of my favorite quotes is just that I never worry about when things go wrong. I worry about being ready for when things go right. And so I think that especially right now, that's resonated true during the pandemic, right? Where it's like, Mm -hmm. we have a lot of unknowns. And whether you're a gym owner struggling to reopen your gym right now, or we're stressing and living in the future. And that's really where my head has been at is that two part road where it's like, cool, how do we serve people? And how do we help people with the things they're struggling with right now? But how do I position myself, my social media, my businesses? How do we also aim for the future? And things are kind of weird right now, right? So even for us, we had so many plans of we wanted to do an eight-week specialty cycle where our Paragon members could either do a powerlifting split or they could do an Olympic lifting split. And so the idea was, oh, hey, after the eight weeks, we're going to have an in-person meet and retreat. So it would be a two-day thing. Everybody's going to freaking max out, see if we can hit some PRs or stuff like that. And then day two is going to be all your seminars and let's talk nutrition, let's talk women's health, training, all that stuff. And so that was actually going to be our big spring and summer fun was, oh my God, we get to physically hug all our members. This will be great. Fuck, man, that's probably off the list for, I don't know, at least until late, late fall, Thanksgiving, Christmas, maybe not even until 2021. I hope not, but probably we're just continuing to pivot and look at, cool, well, how can we be ready for when things do go right and things start opening up in our favor, but also, you know, play with what we have in front of us, true. So that's been the biggie that for sure I've kind of had in my head lately. I like that. That. That's very, that's a real positive way to look at when things go right. So where can people find you if they don't know already? <laughs> yeah. So as long as you know my name, you're golden. So my website is lauriechristineking.com. Same thing if you search my YouTube, it's lauriechristineking. The YouTube stuff I'm really hyped about. I've always been a super creative outlet person. And I actually wanted to go to school for interior design or graphic design. And I graduated in 2008 when economy was like, <laughs> and so my parents were like, yeah, can you choose something a little more safe and stable? Cool, great things. So it's actually really cool that present day, it's all circling around where it's like, Oh, getting a camera and having sick angles and editing, that's all been so much fun. So right now I'm actually working on a YouTube just talking about how to basically change your nutrition and the way you're exercising in order to gain muscle and gain strength and get stronger and stuff like that. Um, so I love picking little topics to just make a six to 
12 minute YouTube video about and stuff like that. But obviously again, you know, where I started and where I really live is Instagram. So Lori Christine King is my handle. Awesome. You are amazing. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on today and talk. For so sure. We're going to have to do a part two. Like I love the Q and a questions. They're so much fun. I should just do YouTubes like that. Cause they're so much fun to answer and to go into. So for sure I'm holding you captive. We're going to do an episode two sometime in the future soon. Threaten me with a good time. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the rebel babe Kate. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to subscribe and we'd love it. If you left a review. See you next week.